This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. My name is John Routon, and uh, I pastor Spirit of Faith Church in Northeast India in Nagaland, and also I'm the founder and director of our Bible school there and branch churches and other outreaches, and I am so glad to be with you all today, and I'm not alone. I have my lovely wife, Jepatoli, who is from Nagaland, and my lovely daughter, Victoria, amen, and uh, you know, we never do this. Uh, we always have time constraints, of course, but maybe it would be nice just to let my wife say hello to all of you. I don't know if you have heard her voice recently at all. Would you encourage her to come up here and she can just greet the people, not preach a sermon, but greet the people, whatever. Well, I'm going to preach now. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, church. Uh, uh, your church, you know, Exit Life Church, has been a part of our ministry that uh, supports us every month, and I know you pray for us, and we do pray for our supporters and, you know, um, for you all. And God is, God is moving all over the world by his word and by the spirit. And uh, um, we just graduated 114 students uh, in the month of May, um, and uh, you know, the, the Bible school gr- graduates, they go and minister to different parts of India, Nepal, Bhutan, and Burma. And uh, um, we have four branch churches that our grades and our church members are uh, pastoring in different, uh, different state and uh, in our state, Nagaland. And uh, it's just good to be here with you all. Uh, we are all one family. Uh, you know, and um, I just want to say that keep on uh, burning fire for the Lord and reach out to many people that is all around us that needs Jesus. Amen. Thank you. All right. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. And now Victoria will sing her special song. No, not today. Okay. We'll do that next Sunday. <laughs> I'm just, no, I'm just teasing. I want you to open your Bible with me to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 13 and verse 11. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 11. And uh, I want to say to you that uh, this is the direction the Lord has led me. I, I have lots of messages and sermon notes, all kinds of things. I've been doing this for a few years now. and uh, But I felt like this is the way that I should go today. And even though in my mind I'm thinking, no, this is, this is not the right message for the right place, but I, I, I have come to trust that leading. So maybe if it's even just for one person, God knows who you are, God knows where you need to be, and God knows how to get you there. Amen. So before we read, we'll pray. Father, we come to you in the precious, the matchless name of Jesus. We believe if anything good happens this morning... It's all because of you. We honor you. We acknowledge your presence dwelling in us and also residing with us, among us. I believe, Father, that you will open the hearts of the people the way you opened the heart of Lydia to receive and to respond to the things spoken by Paul. I trust that he that speaks will speak as the oracles of God. And may he that minister do so with the ability that you furnish. And may your name be honored and glorified in this place. In the name of Jesus we pray. Someone say amen. Amen. So I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 13 and verse 11. Now, before I read that, I want to tell you Jesus often employed parables in his teachings, you know. In fact, verse 34 in this same chapter tells us, he said nothing to them, the crowds of people, he said nothing to them without a parable. And a parable is simply a short narrative that illustrates a spiritual lesson. The Greek word translated parable means comparison comparison. So it's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And when he was through teaching, the disciples came to him privately and asked him, why do you teach in parables? In other words, why don't you just say it 
plainly. And this was his answer in verse 11. And he answered them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. To you it has been given. So if the knowledge of God and God's kingdom had been given to them, who gave it? Well, God. Scholars call this a divine passive. Without directly mentioning God, Jesus is referring to something that only God can do. So what he's saying is this. It's very important. When it comes to the truth of God's word, when it comes to spiritual realities, what you know You know because God revealed it to you. I want to say that again. When it comes to spiritual truth, what you know, you know because God showed it to you. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 45 and verse 15, you don't have to turn there, but in Isaiah 45, verse 15, it says, Truly, you are a God who hides himself. See, if something is revealed, that means otherwise it's concealed. You can't disclose something unless it's a secret, unless it's not known. So he's talking about a secret kingdom, an invisible kingdom. He's talking about a God who we cannot know with our natural mind. Are you listening to me? God is is not known by human discovery, but by divine revelation. Again, God is not known by human discovery. Not because you finally figured it out and you're so smart and you investigated and searched the whole universe. No, He is known to you by divine revelation. Are you out there today? So, on another occasion, Jesus asked his disciples, Who do you say that I am? And evidently, while everyone else was silent, Peter blurted out, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus responded in Matthew 16, 17, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for... Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. See, he didn't say, lucky guess. You got it. You guessed it. No one could identify Christ by merely his outward appearance. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. He didn't have a halo. People didn't hear angels singing in the background when he walked by. Otherwise, everyone would know it. Peter knew this because God showed it to him. Are you listening to me? And I don't think Peter even realized what was happening. He didn't say, the Holy Spirit has just shown me. No, no, he just blurted it out. And Jesus had... Peter, this is what just happened to you. I think many times the Spirit of God has shown you things and you don't even realize that's where it came from. Because whatever you know about God, He's the one that taught you. Are you listening to me? Amen. Then again, in John chapter 6, verse 44, I'm talking about the knowledge of God. I'm talking about the revelation of God. In John chapter 6, verse 44, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version, but you can follow me in your Bible. It says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. No one can come to me. No one. Unless the Father draws him. Now, he doesn't mean no one can 
walk up to me. No one can approach me. I mean, you know, the Pharisees talked to him. The devil talked to him. What he means is no one can come to me for salvation. That's what he really means. And the Greek word translated draw, the, old, the New Testament was originally written in Greek. The Greek word actually translated draw actually means to drag by force. Now, you see, it wasn't your mother that dragged you to Christ. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't your wife. It was God. Are you listening to me? See, that tells me that men, and I mean people, are not naturally inclined to make Jesus the Lord of their lives. If they were, God wouldn't need to draw anybody. The Passion Translation says this, He pulls on their hearts to embrace me. So let's say it this way, nobody can get saved unless God pulls on that person's heart. Years ago, in our church in India, there was a young man from a Muslim background. And for some reason, he decided to visit our church on Christmas. We had a service. And uh, he later said, I don't know why the thought just came to me. I think I'll go visit that church on Christmas. And he sat in the back. That's where most of the visitors like to sit. It's near the exit in case you want to get, make a fast getaway. And uh, no offense. And, uh, and so uh, I preached my message. And then I gave what we call an altar call to receive Christ. And I said, you know, everybody bow your head, whatever. And then I said, oh, if you'd like to receive Jesus, raise your hand. And he testified later that I said to myself, well, I am not going to do that. I didn't come here for that reason. I'm a Muslim. I'm not going to become a Christian. And he said, I don't know why I did that. My hand just went straight up. And then, and then I said, now, if you really mean business, stand up. And he said, well, there's no way on earth I'm going to do that. And he said, Lord, have mercy. Oh, I don't know if he said, Lord, have mercy. But he thought, what am I doing? I'm standing up. And then I said, now come down here. Walk all the way down front of these hundreds of people. Walk all the way down here, and I'm going to pray for you. And he said, no way. No, uh, uh, I am not going to do that. I'm never going to do that. He came down and got saved. That was many years ago. Today, he is a faith member pillar in our church. Hallelujah. People don't get saved because we preach well-crafted sermons under colored lights with soft music in the background. Those things are all fine, but ultimately it's because God pulls at their hearts so they can embrace Christ. Men... Do not find the gospel naturally appealing, nor does it make sense to their natural minds. It is the Holy Spirit who reveals Christ and and attracts men to Christ. He is both the light and the magnet. Are you listening to me? And that's why if we want to be effective in our endeavors, we have to labor in prayer. It's real quiet in this Presbyterian church that I say something wrong. I said if we want to be effective in our endeavors for Christ, for the work of God, being a Christian, we have to labor in prayer. A few words on that. E.M. Bounds said this. E.M. Bounds said Every mighty move of the Spirit of God has its source in the prayer chamber. He wrote that in the 1800s. A.T. Pearson said, There has never been a spiritual awakening in any country or locality, including Virginia Beach, I added that, that did not begin by united prayer. Ooh, glory to God. Hallelujah. What you know, God showed you. You're saved today. You confess Jesus as Christ because God revealed to you 
He is the Savior, and you need him. Going back to Matthew 13, 11, let me read this in another translation, New Century Version. Just listen. It says this, You have been chosen to know the secrets about the kingdom of heaven, but others cannot know these secrets. Okay? So why does God choose to reveal himself and his ways to some but not to others. Why do some people see the light while others are blinded by it? And the answer is found in the next verse, verse 12. He said, For to the one who has, more will be given. And he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. By the way, just a thought that totally contradicts our American way of thinking. That sounds so unfair. That sounds so wrong. But actually, it is a spiritual law. Are you listening to me? One Greek scholar said the thought expressed in this verse can be said this way. Listen to this. Whoever keeps a thing, whoever keeps a thing, considering it valuable, will receive even more. But whoever discards something or does not use it because he regards it as worthless will also lose everything else he has. Are you listening to me? So in this context, Jesus is talking about the knowledge of God. Your attitude toward God's word determines your ability to to apprehend it or to comprehend it. Your attitude, your attitude towards God's word determines your ability to apprehend it. You will never understand it or value it. Hmm? You will never fathom it If you do not favor it. Hmm? If it means nothing to you. You will find nothing in it. But if it means everything to you. You will find everything in it. Your attitude. Not the person next to you. Not your wife. Not your husband. Not your pastor. Your attitude toward the Word of God determines your ability to receive revelation knowledge. Are you listening to me? Now, let me give you another verse. In Mark chapter 4, Mark chapter 4, verse 24, Mark 4, 24, and this is Mark's account of the same parable. He says this, Jesus said, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And still more will be added to you. See, we listen carefully to what we consider to be important. So now you know why some people don't listen to God's word. They don't consider it important. Or some listen kind of half-heartedly. They're listening. Some people think there's something more important, you know, on their social media than there is that God would have to say in church. Actually, you need to spend less time on Facebook and more time with your face in the book. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter how many likes you get out in the world. As long as you have the smile of heaven, you'll be okay. I promise you. Amen. So, You listen carefully to what you consider important. 
And you are constantly measuring what you hear. You are weighing it in your mind. You are, you are evaluating it. You are appraising it. And the measure you give is the measure you receive back. The way you measure the message will be the measure of revelation and results. I'll say that again. The way you measure the message is going to be the measure of revelation and results it produces in your life. See, some people think it's small. It's not a big deal. It's okay. You know, Pastor Lambert gave a nice little talk last Sunday. Yeah, it was kind of encouraging. So you're measuring it in thimbles, and you're getting thimbles of blessings. When you should be measuring it in Mack trucks. In other words, you should have the same attitude towards the word that God has. Do you think God in heaven is up there kind of saying, well... I know I said all those things, but, you know, come on, cut me some slack. (laughs) We all say things we don't mean, right? No, 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 no. He takes his word very seriously. The people that I have seen, that I have observed, whom God has used powerfully to be a voice in their generation, they all took God's word very seriously. I said they all took God's word very seriously. And don't misunderstand me. It doesn't mean you can't have a sense of humor. It doesn't mean that you have to be, you know, like a stick in the mud or some boring person or or nothing. It, It means you have to know the difference between this is funny and this is not. This is okay to joke about, but this is never going to be a joke. When you make a joke about the things of God, the word of God, the only person that's laughing with you is the devil and he's actually laughing at you. Are we out there today? Amen. So the measure you use is the measure you receive. That's why some from the same seed get a 30-fold return. Others 60. And some even 100. It's not up to God. It's up to you. You can have all you want. He can show you a whole lot more than what he's shown you already. You can receive a whole lot more. It's not God who's keeping you in a low place. It's you. Now, let me move on. We'll jump to verse 15, Matthew chapter 15, for time's sake. Notice this verse. Now, I'm not saying this about you. I mean, if the shoe fits, wear it. But I'm just just reading what Jesus said, okay? He said, for this people's heart has grown dull. And with their ears, they can barely hear. And their eyes, they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. And understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. There was nothing wrong with the eyes and ears of these people. They didn't need a hearing aid, they didn't need glasses. There was something wrong with their attitude. Are you listening to me? They could not understand because their hearts were hardened. And if it was true of those people, it could be true of other people. You know, all those people who didn't come this morning, let them know that I shared this with you, okay? (laughs) Right? They could not understand They did not receive God-given understanding because their hearts were closed. 
Now notice verse 19. Again, I'm, I'm going to skip down. Notice verse 19 in this. He's explaining this parable, and he says this. When anyone's, Matthew, Matthew 13 and verse 19, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes, the devil, comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. Now, I used to read this verse and think to myself, I didn't say it out loud, but I thought to myself, that's not fair. That's just not right. I mean, you know, if, if you don't get it, the devil will. That, that's just not fair. You know, I mean, a man's not to blame if he doesn't understand the Bible. I mean, you know, some people are just, you know, smarter than others, right? No, that's not what he's talking about. Remember the word parable means comparison, right? I said that earlier. So Jesus in this little story, he's, he's, he's expressing, he's, he's teaching a lesson. He's comparing God's word to seed. It's like seed. And he's comparing your heart to soil. He's talking about the conditions of men's hearts. And he says these people are like the path. The Greek word hodos literally means road. Well, we don't have, nor do we prefer, soft and tender roads. <laughs> the roads in, in Nagaland are like that. But in Virginia Beach, we like hard, firm inflexible roads. I don't like the road to move underneath my tires. I like it to be real solid, right? He's talking about people whose hearts are like that, hard. The reason they don't understand God's word is they have a heart problem. They don't need to go to seminary. They don't need someone to just, you know, Lay hands on them. I mean, maybe that would help. But they need to make an adjustment in here. Are you listening to me? One time Jesus warned his disciples about what he said, the leaven of the Pharisees. And he's actually talking about their hypocrisy. But the disciples were discussing among themselves. He said that because we forgot to bring bread. See, and Jesus responded in Mark eight seventeen. Mark eight seventeen. Do you not yet perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? That means even well-meaning people can misinterpret what Christ is saying if their hearts become hardened. Even people who are in his presence, even people who have walked with him for several years can have a hardened heart. I know this is not one of those messages where you want to run run around the sanctuary and swing from the chandelier, but um, like I said, I felt like this is what God gave me. So such as I have, give I unto thee. (laughs) Hallelujah. Another example in Mark chapter 6, Mark chapter 6. Okay, Jesus in that chapter, he supernaturally fed a multitude with a little boy's lunch, five loaves and two fishes. Evidently, he's the inventor of fast food. And, uh, and then after, that's, after that happened, he supernaturally walked on water during a storm toward his disciples. And the Bible says when they saw him, they said, yo, it's Jesus. Hallelujah. No, it says they were terrified and they thought it's a ghost. Then he got in the boat. And as soon as he got in the boat, The storm ceased, and they said, glory to God. No, they were astounded, and they were shocked. And Jesus said to them in verse 52, Mark 6, 52, it says rather, for they did not understand about the loaves. He means the miracle that they witnessed, but their hearts were hardened. 
The easy-to-read version says they could not believe what happened. See, some people think, you know, if I could see a miracle, then I'd believe. I hear that all the time, you know. If I could just see it, then I'd believe it. They saw it. They were eyewitnesses. They, they witnessed a, an, an astounding miracle, feeding 5,000. And yet, evidently, they couldn't process it. They couldn't accept it. They're there. They're the very dudes handing out the baskets full of fish and bread, and they're not processing this. They're not accepting it. Huh? Why? They have a hard heart. They have a hard heart. And when Jesus did another wonder, walking on water, instead of responding with faith, they responded with fear. In other words, they could believe it's a demon, but they couldn't believe it's Jesus. Some people, even in the church, have more faith in the devil than they do in God. Don't look around, just look straight ahead. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Then, when Jesus was raised from the dead, the Bible tells me, Mark chapter 16, he first appeared to Mary. She told the others, and they did not believe it. Then he appeared to two others, and they went back and told the rest. Neither did they believe them. Then, in verse 14, Jesus appeared to them, and he said, I'm back. Hey, it's me. No, that's not what he said. The Bible says he rebuked them for their hardness of heart. <laughs> Some people are praying, I wish Jesus would appear to me. Well, you, you may not want that. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. They could not believe he was even raised from the dead. He's, already, he's told them several times this is going to happen. And they're hearing it from people they know. They didn't read about it in a book somewhere. They, they hear it from eyewitnesses. They don't believe it. Why? They need more evidence? No. They need a tender heart. So the reason many people struggle with faith is their hearts are in a bad condition. The Bible says in Romans 10.10, 10, For with the heart one believes. When your heart is hard, it's weak. So you might be like, well, he's really tough. He's just a real hard guy. That means you are weak spiritually. Are listening to me? Just as your, when I talk about heart, I mean your spirit. You understand that? I'm talking about your inward man. Well, just as your physical heart circulates blood throughout your body and the life of the flesh is in the blood, your spirit circulates eternal life throughout your entire body. For out of it are forces of life. If something goes wrong in your heart, everything is going to go wrong in your life. Diligently guard your heart. Are you listening to me? In Hebrews 4, 7, the Bible says this. Hebrews 4, 7. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. A hardened heart kept the Israelites out of the promised land. And there are many Christians today who are wandering in the wilderness because of a hardened heart. This is very important. In Matthew chapter 19 and verse 8, the Pharisees had a question about divorce. And Jesus said, you know, that's not God's plan. And they said, well, Moses told us to write a certificate of divorce. And Jesus said, because of the hardness of your hearts, God allowed this. Moses allowed this. That means relationships are ruined because of a hard heart. Not just your relationship with God. 
divine connections are severed because we allow our hearts to become hard. Are you listening to me? Nothing hardens hearts quicker and more thoroughly than sin. However, nothing can reverse the process better than repentance. Unforgiveness hardens our hearts. Is there a connection between knowing God's plan for your life and forgiveness? Is there a relationship, a correlation between being healed and forgiving someone else? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because when we hold animosity, when we harbor resentment, our inward attitude becomes stubborn and resilient, insensitive. When we refuse divine correction, our hearts become hard. I mean, and it doesn't just mean a voice coming from the sky. It can be God speaking through your pastor, God speaking through another brother or sister in Christ, and you know that that's from the Lord. You know that's right. You know what they're saying. That's exactly right. But you just like, because of pride or other reasons, you just say, no, I refuse that. It does something to you. And that's why there's people wandering around the body of Christ say, I don't understand the Bible. It doesn't make you, I don't know what he's talking about today. Uh, you know, uh, yum, yum, yum. I don't know. Let's just do something else. Can we go to the beach? Because they have a heart condition. Are you listening to me? Now, in closing, wrapping this up, it's kind of a solemn message. Um, <laughs> I'm going to leave as soon as I get through preaching, and I'm just going to go home immediately. But in Matthew chapter, don't follow me. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 15 again, notice the last part of this verse. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. Every area of lack in your life can be traced to a lack of revelation. Every area of lack in your life, it could be lack of health, it could be lack of money, it could be lack of anything, lack of grace. Every area of lack in your life can be traced to a lack of revelation, and we'll add one more thing to it, or repentance. They would understand with their hearts and then turn. That means people say, I don't know why the Lord won't heal me. Because there's something you can see. I said, because there's something you don't see. Or he showed it to you and you said, no, I'm not going to forgive. I'm not going to walk in love. I'm not going to change the way I talk. I'm going to do, do whatever I want to do. Okay, fine, stay sick, dummy. Are you listening to me? Amen. Paul prayed for believers in Ephesus, the church in Ephesus. And we have his prayer written down. It's, it's, it's scripture in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 onwards. And he prayed for them for their greatest need. The thing they needed more than anything else. He didn't say, God... Send them money. They need a lot of money. They got bills piled up to the ceiling, God. He didn't say, Lord, just, uh, just make them famous. <laughs> help, them, help them, you know, win American Idol this year. I, he didn't say that. He prayed this, that God would give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. He went on to say, Having the eyes of your heart, verse 18, having the eyes of your heart enlightened. Why didn't Paul just say, read this letter? Need to know more about God? Just read this letter. Well, that's true. I mean, that's right. It is scripture. But you won't know the word 
the way you need to know it without the help of the Holy Spirit. See? In fact, notice he said, the eyes of your heart, the best Greek manuscripts say heart, the eyes of your heart being enlightened. That means you have the ability to see it in here. You don't know the word of God the way you need to know it until you see it in here. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. So revelation, I'm talking about the knowledge of God. God reveals himself to us. Revelation does not come to us simply through tedious study. I mean, you can read until your eyeballs get dried up like raisins and fall out of your head. You, you, can, just, you can just have books piled to the ceiling, listening to every commentator. And many of them are just commentators. And, and, and get nowhere. Revelation is when God reaches in and turns the light on. You can, I, I'm sure many of you could testify you've read the same scripture dozens of times, maybe, who knows, hundreds of times, and suddenly one day, <gasps> it's like it just, it just suddenly came alive to you. Suddenly you saw it. The scriptures will never be real to you or seem relevant to you without revelation. Are you listening to me? Now, when we talk about this, some people say things like, I know the Bible. I've read it from cover to cover. You can't teach me anything about the Bible. I've read it from Genesis to maps. But that's like saying, I know all about the ocean because I've sailed from shore to shore. Well, yeah, but you only traveled on the surface. Do you understand? Thousands of feet below your ship, there are creatures which, there are some creatures at the bottom of the sea to this day, no human eyes have ever seen. Do you understand that? I think we're skimming on the surface. I think many, most, the majority of body Christ is just, is just paddling in, in the kiddie pool. <laughs> Thinking, oh, glory. <laughs> I, think, I think there's a lot more that we don't understand, we don't see. Are you listening to me? We, we have a wealth of information at our fingertips, but a dearth of revelation. Are you listening to me? When I talk about revelation, I'm not talking about something outside the Bible. I'm not talking about something that contradicts the scriptures. You're not going to write a 67th book to the Bible, okay? I'm not talking about that. And I don't care what kind of experience you have. You judge it in light of the word of God. You understand? I want to make that clear. But what I am talking about is God-given understanding and insight in the scriptures. That's what I'm talking about. Where suddenly it makes sense to you. And suddenly you not only understand it, but you know how to apply it in your life. That's the difference. To you, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom. There was a pastor many years ago in a small town in Oklahoma. And the Lord was dealing with him about his ministry. And the Spirit of God told him, and I know this sounds strange, but the Spirit of God told him, I want you to read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, on your knees. I don't know why he said that, but on your knees several times. I think it was like four or five times or more, just all the way through. And uh, he didn't do it all like in one night or something, but he did that over a period of time. And I heard him testify. He passed away some years ago, but I heard him testify, say that, as he, was, he, as he was reading the Gospels, it was like that fifth or sixth time or something like that. He said, suddenly out in front of me, it was like, this is, this is several years ago, but it was like a movie. A and I could see Christ 
healing the sick. I could see him bringing deliverance right there in front of me. I just saw it. I just saw it right in front of me. I could see him. I saw him nailed to the cross. I could see his expression. I could hear his words. I saw him right there in front of me. I saw him raised from the dead. I saw him commissioning the church to bring healing, deliverance through the gospel in my name. And he says, then suddenly the Spirit of God said to him, get up. And he got up. Get in your car. And he got in his car and said, drive down this street. I know this sounds strange. And then the Spirit of God said to him, now I have anointed you to bring healing and deliverance to your generation. His name was Oral Roberts. I thought, why why would God tell you to get in your car? I think it's because now that you have this revelation, you need to go and take it to this world. You need to go. You need to go. I think maybe that's why. I don't know. The Spirit of God wants to show us more. I feel like we've been just having a small little dim flashlight in the dark. And we're trying not to trip over our shoelace. When God wants to turn on all the halogen bulbs in this room, there's more. Would you stand with me to your feet today? Glory to God. Father, I pray for this church. Humbly, I pray for this congregation. These beautiful people. And they are precious in your sight. I see them as conquerors in Christ. I see them as victorious in him. I see them as blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. I see them as a new creation in Christ. I see them righteous by the blood. I see them born of your spirit, filled with your spirit, being the temple of the Holy Ghost. I see them with authority and dominion and mastery over all the forces of darkness through the name of Jesus. I see them well and healed, for with his stripes we have been healed. I see them. I see them this way. And now I pray, help them to see themselves the same way. I pray for this church that you would give to them a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. May the eyes of their hearts be flooded with light so that they may know and understand the hope, the wonderful future God has prepared for them. That they may comprehend the riches of our inheritance in Christ. That they may see And grasp what is the exceeding greatness of your power available for us who believe the same mighty power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. I pray for them that you would open their eyes from your word, Father. And now, Father, I pray for all who are here. If we have allowed our hearts to become embittered, we have allowed resentment and unforgiveness to fester like a wound inside of our spirits. If we have allowed disobedience to change the condition of our spirit where we no longer are sensitive to him. I pray right now, forgive us, all of us, right now. I pray you just forgive us. In your own heart, you can just say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, forgive me. 
and I hold nothing against no one. I will keep my heart tender before you, O Lord. Here I am. Teach me, show me, use me. And while you're in an attitude of prayer this morning, if you don't know the Lord, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I believe the Spirit of God is dealing with you. Or if you're not where you should be, I mean, you may have, as we say, prayed the sinner's prayer or made a profession of faith, and that's, that's great. But maybe you're just not where you should be with God. While you're in an attitude of prayer, Spirit of God, speak to every heart. I'm just going to pray a, a, a quick prayer, powerful prayer for you. But if that's you, just raise your hand, and I'll know to include you. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? Pray this with me, everyone. Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I believe Jesus Christ, the Son of God, he is my Savior. He is my Lord. He died for me, rose again from the dead, and he is my advocate, my attorney, At the Father's right hand. Your word says. If we confess our sins. He is faithful and just. To forgive us. And cleanse us. Wash me Father. Purge my heart. From anything. That offends you. Help me Father. To live for you. I receive. Your cleansing and forgiveness my heart is clean in the name of Jesus I pray Amen We thank you for listening to this message for more information visit us at exceedlifechurch.org